Hi, my name is Charlie, and I still play with cars. In this episode of the Still Plays with Cars podcast, uh, off-road. Uh, before we get into that, though, uh, a little bit of housekeeping. I messed up. Uh, in the EV episode, I said that British Columbia was switching to EV only in 2030. Uh, they will, in fact, be bringing that uh, legislation in in 2040. So I missed that by 10 years. Well done. Anyways, off-road. Let's go. When I think about off-roading... There are four things that really come to my mind. Adventure, exploration, skill, and environmental stewardship. <laughs> so, uh, the exploration side of it, I think, uh, has kind of been uh, instilled in me by my parents. Um, I had mentioned in an earlier episode that I kind of grew up in a Dodge B250 van. And, like, we went everywhere in that thing. And it was about exploring, right? Uh, Every weekend, we were off on some gravel road looking for whatever we happened to find. There was no real destination involved. It was just go. And I think that has stuck with me. um, And has kind of grown into... uh, my passion for for, for um, four by fouring. The adventure side of it is like getting out there, and uh, it kind of ties into the exploration side. Like the adventure bit is like, what are we gonna find? How are we gonna get there? Uh, how are we gonna get back? Could we get stuck? You know. And then the skill part of it is. Like, knowing what your vehicle can do and knowing what you can do with it. Um, And I think um, the skill part of it is is really interesting to me uh, because it's something that you can build. Uh, You can start out with no skill at all, no knowledge of what you're doing or... um, what your vehicle is capable of, but by being out there, uh, you build those skills. Um, and I think uh, we'll talk a little bit about how to build those skills even before you get out in the bush. So I found a really good way to build um, a particular skill uh, that is knowing where your tires are. Uh, a huge, huge thing off-road, um, knowing exactly where your tires are, where they're going to end up, um, is is an extremely useful tool to have in your toolbox, uh, even on-road. And one of the things I do to um, learn a new vehicle or um, kind of reacquaint myself is to go out in a parking lot with some empty pop cans and just place them around and try to hit them with different tires. You know, so you'll try to hit one with your left front. You'll try to hit another one with your right front. And then uh, off-tracking, you'll try to hit one with just your left rear tire or your right rear tire, right? And 
uh, you can set it up so that you can hit two cans with your just your rear tires, or you'll hit two with just your front tires, and so on and so forth. And you just kind of build that skill. And as you do it more and more and more, your brain just kind of figures out what's going to happen as you maneuver, right? So it just kind of ends up being a thing that you don't have to think about anymore. It just happens. Just knowing where your tires are uh, makes it so that you, you not, may not necessarily need a four-wheel drive vehicle where you want to go. I learned how to off-road in a 1982 Toyota Celica GT. So, rear-wheel drive sports car. <laughs> it doesn't seem like your average vehicle to learn how to off-road in, but uh, that's what I had, so that's what I did. But knowing where my tires were made it so that I could get places in that car that people would be astonished by. The other thing that really helped me um, off-road that car was knowing where my low points were. So the uh, rear diff, knowing where it hangs down um, so I wouldn't smack it off of rocks. The other thing that's uh, really important to know on your low points is your oil pan. Because uh, draining all your oil out on the trail is, well, one, an environmental disaster and really inconvenient. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a long walk home. So, uh, you know, knowing where your low points are is, uh, is another really important skill. Speaking of walking home, there's a few things that you can do to your vehicle to make sure that you're not walking home. Um, always make sure that it's in the best shape that it can be. Um, the other thing is tires. Tires are huge off-road. Uh, and, and I don't mean just in size, but, um, you know, depending on where you are. Where I am, things are pretty dusty and dry and can be very rocky. Um, most people get away with a really decent all-terrain tire, uh, something like a General Grabber ATX or a BF Goodwrench um, KO2 probably the best two all-terrain tires in the market, in my opinion, anyways. But if you're in an area where it's muddy or rocky, or you plan on doing something a little more serious than just driving on gravel roads, uh, you might want to go to something a little more aggressive, like a mud train, uh, like a KM2 uh, by BF Goodrich, or... Um, in my case, uh, what I have on my power wagon is a set of uh, uh, Interco Super Swamper um, SX2s. And what a good set of tires does for you off-road is amazing. Like, uh, when I first got my power wagon, it had normal street tires on it. And... Being four-wheel drive, it did okay, but there were certain instances, uh, loose gravel or uh, snow or a little bit of mud, where it would just wipe its feet, and that was it. I was stuck. And um, the biggest thing to change was the tires, and the difference was night and day. Just absolutely incredible, the difference that a set of tires makes. 
for instance, in the last episode, I uh, told the story about how I got stuck in the original power wagon uh, with the Bridgestone V-Steels on. Well, I haven't lifted the truck, I haven't done anything else, but with the tires that I put on it, I wouldn't even think about uh, getting stuck somewhere like that again. Uh, it just doesn't happen because I've got the traction. Uh, so that's a really big, really big deal, is uh, get a decent set of tires. The other things to do to keep you from uh, walking out of the bush is uh, be prepared. Like, uh, have a shovel, have recovery straps, uh, both kinetic and static. Uh, kinetic uh, strap is uh, kind of like an elastic band, so it'll you can pull, and it'll stretch that rubber band, and then pull the other vehicle out. You don't really have to hit them very hard. Um, that's what they're designed to do: is is use their stretchiness to pull another vehicle out. The static strap is more for like um, just dragging something around. Uh, you don't want to use it for a recovery so much as just pulling something out. So you want to keep those tight. Uh, for the whole pull. Um, and having a shovel, man, a lifesaver. Uh, yeah, um, being able to dig your way out of something uh, is, uh, is extremely useful. A high lift jack also can come in very handy. Um, and there are a few other odds and ends that you can find to, to, uh, help you to be unstuck. <laughs> I think that's enough talking about being stuck. Uh, let's talk about uh, the adventure side of it. Usually when I go off-road, I don't really have a destination in mind. Um, more of a general area that I want to go into. So... Uh, I won't look at a lake or whatever that I want to, like, I really want to try to get here. Although that does happen because sometimes they're difficult to get to. Um, but mostly, I'll just pick an area that I want to check out. And that's kind of the adventure side of things. And the exploration side of things is, like, I've never been here before, right? And you don't necessarily need to be off-roading to to do that um one of the things we used to do all the time when i was a kid was just pick a gravel road and explore it you know um having a four-wheel drive vehicle does help in that kind of regard because you can kind of be going up a gravel road and see a trail and be like oh i wonder where that goes um that being said, sometimes it is fun to have a destination in mind. Um, for instance, uh, a friend of mine and I have been trying to get into this lake for 10 years or something like that. And it's just this little puddle on the map. And we've been trying to get there for so long. 
and we found a road in, but it was so grown over and treed in that it would have taken its days to like cut the brush back and be able to get into this. Uh, it used to be a wreck site, and uh, it was just that was part of the adventure was like trying to find a way to get to this place. And we knew it existed because on old maps and stuff there was like um, a marker for a for a provincial provincial wreck site. So we knew it existed, and we knew there was probably a road in there. But actually getting to it was was the adventure, right? So yeah, kind of adventure and exploration, right? Um, now through this I've been talking a lot about um, four-wheel drive vehicles but um, you don't necessarily need to have a four-wheel drive to be off-road um, like I said earlier I learned how to off-road and in 82 Celica and um, in the previous episode I told you that story about the power wagon getting stuck and being rescued by a two-wheel drive pickup you know if you're well equipped, you can go anywhere you like, really. Um, but um, having the driving skills and knowing the low points on your vehicle and having decent tires all contribute to where you can go. Speaking of places you can go. Uh, I know the teaser for this said where we're going, we don't need roads. And uh, that's not exactly true. <laughs> so um, there are a lot of factors when you're off-road. Um, there's range leases and private property and um, parkland and uh, all kinds of things that that may prevent you from going somewhere. And um, that's kind of the uh, environmental stewardship side of things. So one of the things that uh, was always taught to me was leave things better than when you found them. Um, and that's really important to me. Um, I enjoy the environment. The uh, outdoors is why I four-wheel drive. But knowing where you can and can't go is sometimes really difficult. Um, there are ways of finding out where you can and can't go. Um, joining a local four-wheel drive club. Um, for years, I was uh, president of the local four-wheel drive club. Um, and then we shut that down and rolled into the Provincial Four-Wheel Drive Club, which is the Four-Wheel Drive Association of BC. And through the clubs, um, I've learned about places that I can and can't go, what's legal, what isn't legal, you know, and um, how to wheel responsibly. So, like, mud... Mud's a big deal. Everybody likes splashing around in the mud. <laughs> so, <laughs> the thing is, is that um, there are environmental impacts to doing that. Um, in most wetlands, the bottom of the 
of the pond or um, whatever you wanted to drive through has what's called a mud membrane. And um, the second you drive through that, you break that mud membrane and then it no longer is a wetland because the water will just drain through that membrane. Um, so those are things that you need to know when you're off-road. Um, legal mud is mud that is on the trail. Um, the other thing is maps. Have maps with you, you know, and do research about the area that you want to be in. Um, one of the things that I use quite a bit is uh, IMAPS BC. And it's basically a government site that has all the land lease and private uh, land information on it. So you can see um, where a road it might intersect with a lease or private property. And the benefit of that is knowing where you're going, right? Um, some leases you can drive through, um, other leases you're not allowed to drive through, and you may not even be able to tell. So, um, like there might not be signs or anything. So, um, using a resource like IMAPBC will help you to learn where you can and can't go. And, uh, like I said, joining a local four-wheel drive club um, in my case, the Four Wheel Drive Association of BC uh, is super helpful. Um, they help you to know where you can and can't go. They help you to make friends in the off-road community um, and will support you in your new hobby. Uh, the other thing, going back to the uh, environmental stewardship side of things, um, one of the things that we did uh, with the 4x4 club um, is every year uh, we do two or three cleanup days. And so uh, it wasn't necessarily organized by the 4x4 club, although one of them, one a year, uh, definitely was. Um, and we'd go out and we'd just clean up the bush. Um, we'd find places where people had dumped household trash and concrete and roofing shingles and all kinds of stuff. It's, it's amazing what you find out in the bush. Um, but that um, leaving things better than the way you found them part, you know, um, we'd go out there and we'd clean it all up. Uh, I think the first year we did it, we got something like 27,000 pounds of garbage out of the bush, which is crazy. Um, but that's something that 4 by 4 as a hobby uh, helps with, you know, um, being able to get out there and help the environment and... Um, help other people help the environment. I mean, I remember one time we got invited by the Naturalist Club to come out and help their cleanup. And uh, we got up there and 
the the two halves kind of clash a little bit you know the the naturalist club think oh what a, they're just a bunch of four by fours they they do nothing but destroy stuff and we were able to change their minds by cleaning up more than in that day than they had in the previous two cleanups which was awesome and it was great to be able to change their minds about what we're about as uh, four-wheel drive enthusiasts anyways i'm sure you've had enough of my rambling uh so thanks so much for listening and get out there in the next episode of the still plays with cars podcast collecting cars again thanks so much for listening and as always you can reach me at still plays with cars podcast at gmail.com